This is Pastor Derek Thomas of Living Witness Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Living Word Podcast. I pray that today's teaching blesses you, inspires you, and encourages you to live a life worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. God bless. Living Witness Ministries is seeking to fulfill its God-given mandate to reach the world with the life-giving word through outreach ministries, including the Living Word Podcast, Living Word Broadcast, and Daily Words of Witness on our social media platforms. If they're being a blessing to you, won't you consider supporting the ministry? Feel free to donate at our PayPal account at paypal.me slash dat0313. Again, that's paypal.me slash DAT0313. Thank you in advance for your support and for doing your part to help us reach the world with the life-giving word. Our text today is found in the gospel according to St. John, the fourth chapter. We're going to be looking today at verses 23 through 24 as we start our new series. Now is the time to worship. And what you'll find written there reads in this fashion. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. For the father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth truth as we speak this morning to the subject be true to this man be true to this not just doing this this series came about as a result of the song that carries the same title now is the time to worship and as i listened to that song the word that kept ringing and resonating in my spirit was the word come God is bidding us as his children more than ever before to come, to come back to the place that he created us to be, to come back to the work that he created us for. And that work and that place is worship. Amen. And many of us take worship for granted. We take it as an aside, as something that we do on Sundays or something that we do on Tuesdays or something that we do, quite honestly, when we're prompted to. But when we look here in the word, Jesus is dealing with the disciples in person at this particular point in time. But more importantly, he's dealing with us as modern day disciples and he's calling us to come to the point of worship, to come back to our senses, to come back to the reality that worship is more than just an activity that we engage in for two hours on Sunday or possibly one hour during the week church. True worship is something that is more than just something we participate in. It's in the essence and fiber of our very being. Amen. It's in the essence and fiber of who we are. And it's designed to be a part of our nature because that aspect of our nature is one of the many aspects time for us to give the world a clear and accurate reflection of who God is by us gaining a clear understanding of the place that worship holds in our lives as believers. God desires us to seek him with every fiber of our being. And our message today is admonishing us to offer sincere worship 
in this critical season. Amen. We look at the plight of our world today and we see, church, that more than ever before, chaos is becoming the order of the day. Confusion is becoming our new normal. Things that would seem improbable a generation to two generations ago are the norm in everyday happenstance. Why? Because the Bible is portraying and playing itself out in real time. Wars and rumors of wars are here. Sons being turned against fathers and daughters being turned against mothers are here. Chaos and strife and confusion are here. And more than ever before, God needs us to stand up in the true essence of who we are to help people understand that there is a different and better way. Sincere worship in this critical season is necessary because the need is urgent. Amen. The need is urgent like never before. Look at what it says in verse 23. It says, but the hour is coming and is now here. The hour is coming and is now here. Jesus didn't, th th this was not a play on words. Jesus didn't misspeak here. Jesus made it crystal clear of where we are at this particular point in time, in our history. And when I say our history, I don't just mean our history as individuals or even in our bloodline and the natural. I mean spiritually and supernaturally our existence and at our point in history since the beginning of time as a result of creation. Now is the time that God needs us to be about our father's business like never before. Now is the time that God needs us to cry loud and spare not. Now is the time that God needs us to stand boldly for him and to stand for righteousness sake. But far too many of us that have professed the name of Jesus Christ have fallen into the status quo and the, the world can't tell who the church is because the church has been so convoluted by the world that we've missed out on the now anointing. The now anointing is an anointing that's rooted and grounded in faith. The now anointing is an anointing that's founded in the, in the premise of what the word says in Hebrews when it says that now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's an immediate activity. The now anointing is understanding that it's real right now. There's understanding that there's a sense of urgency in every prayer that we pray. There's a sense of urgency in every act that we take. There's a sense of urgency in every individual that we witness to. There's a sense of urgency in every thought that we have because every thought should be a thought that resonates from the throne room of God and flows through us into the lives of others. I've said on more than one occasion that God has created each and every one of us to be cups with holes in the bottom of them. And you might say, well, pastor, what sense does that make? It makes perfect sense because God, because God creates us to be filled so that as he's filling us, we're filling others. We're blessed to be a blessing to others. This is why the blessing is, is unilateral. This is why we're blessed in the city and why we're blessed in the field and why we're blessed in our going out and why we're blessed in our coming in. God desires us to be unilaterally blessed so we can bless people when we're in the city and we can bless people when we're in the field and we can bless people as we go out and we can bless people as we come in so that as we pour out those blessings with the sense of urgency that the word lets us know God is letting us know from the most intimate of places because John wrote the most 
intimate of gospels that from my heart, I want you to know, but beloved, that now is a time for worship. Now is a time for you to realize and understand who you are. Now is for you to get that sense of urgency that's needed to bring about a change in the lives of others. Now is a time that I need you to move in such a fashion so that signs and wonders and miracles can follow those that believe. Signs, wonders, and miracles desire to follow, but they're not going to follow unless one is in, in place for them to follow because they believe. This is why we as believers have to be in a position of doing what it is that activates the signs, wonders, and miracles. We have to be in a state of believing. And in order to be in a state of believing, we have to believe who we are. And many of us don't believe who we are because we don't understand who we are. But I'm here to let you know that God desires you and I to understand that we are creatures that have been created in his image and in his likeness to be in the earth right now, to be a blessing to God's people right now, to be used where you are right now, in the midst of your imperfection right now, to bring in just an act of, of obedience. This is more than just a ritualistic act. This is an act of faith. This is an act based on what I believe. This is something so that when people see it, they'll feel the sense of urgency that's palpitating through my veins and coursing through my veins because they'll feel that sense of urgency as I share that sense of urgency in every aspect of my worship. As I worship God in my speech and I worship God in my actions and I worship God in my giving and I worship God by being a living witness for him, they'll feel that sense of urgency and they'll say this man is true to what he's believing in. He's not just going through the motions. He's true to this thing. He's not just doing this thing. And that's what God desires each of us to get to. And this is why it's critical for us to offer sincere worship in this critical season. It's far more critical than just the election and it's far more critical than just Corona and it's far more critical than just financial plights. Eternity is at stake in the lives of our brothers and sisters, and even in our own lives. So we have to offer sincere worship in this critical season because the search that people are making is specific, amen? Not only is there a sense of urgency, but there's a search for something specific. There's an air of specificity in your searching. I enjoy cooking. And one of the products that I love to use in my cooking, especially as we're nearing the end of summer here, and moving in the fall and we're moving back inside to cook is liquid smoke. I love the taste of smoked meats and I love the taste of smoking that hickory flavor from the barbecue season. But I know that when I'm inside and I need you to catch this because I'm going somewhere. When I'm inside, I'm constrained because there are things that normally that will create that if I took it in a natural sense that I can't do inside. I can't chop up a block of wood inside and I can't put it on the floor in my house right now. And I can't strike a match to it and light it and get a fire going to get that wood smell because not only would it set off the smoke detector, but it would also set the place on fire, which is not what we want. But liquid smoke is something that's been designed to give you the essence. And I need you to catch this in the spirit to give you the essence of the atmosphere that's set to give you the essence of what's needed to give you 
the atmosphere of what you get as a result of it to give you the desired end result. It's in a more concentrated form that can be used in more places. It's in a more concentrated form that can be used in places where you might be constrained from going through all the motions. Far too many individuals in the world are more wrapped up in going through the motions than they are in capturing the essence of what God desires to do through us through worship because now is the time that we've got to be about our father's business. And we do that through truth. It's not through the genuflecting that we do in rituals. But it's by understanding the truth in everything that we do. Because if we understand the truth in everything that we do, people will see what it is that we understand. My grandmother used to always say to us growing up that it's better for a fool to be quiet and have individuals wondering if you're a fool than for you to open your mouth and to prove it unconditionally. And far too many of us are opening our mouths in foolish ways, showing people with our actions, showing people with our words, showing people with our thought process through the words that we speak. That we're searching for something other than what God has created us to search for. And that's truth. The Bible says that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Meaning from the essence of who we are with the clarity and understanding who God is. Because as we understand who God is and we understand the truth of who God is, we can understand and tap into the reality of who we are. And that's when the scripture comes alive when it says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That was uttered when Peter came to know the truth of who Jesus truly was, not in the natural, but in the spirit. Because in the natural, he did what many of us do without walking in, 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 in religion. Well, some say that you're this person. Some say that you're that person. When we start rattling off the stuff ritualistically, many times it doesn't make sense. How could Jesus be uh, John, John the Baptist if John the Baptist literally existed when Jesus existed? Come on now. But when Jesus asked a poignant question, not who do men say that I am, but who do you say that I am? The switch went on in Peter's life. And at that time, he wasn't even Peter. He was Simon then. The switch went on. The Holy Ghost tapped on Simon's heart door. And he opened his heart door long enough for the Holy Spirit to come in and give him a revelation of just who Jesus was. And he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. Because you now understand who I am, because now you've captured the essence of what creates the end result. Now you have to be changed, just like that meat I buy from the store has to be changed when the essence of that liquid smoke hits it and it's properly marinated and it's properly tenderized and it's properly prepared. There's no way that that meat could ever be the same so that when it's consumed by others, they taste the essence of what it is. They smell the bouquet of fragrance that the smoke brings. They can enjoy the benefit of what brings what, what the smoke brings to the table. God desires us to be the same way, that as they part, as people People partake of us through our worship as people partake of us through our witnesses. People partake of us through their fellowship with us. They won't taste and see that we're good. They'll taste and see that God is good. If you look at what it says in the text, it says here that true worshipers 
will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Not only are we looking for something specific, which is truth, but God is looking for something specific. And that's us. And yes, that us includes you, even you that might be saying there's no way that God could be looking for me. Yes, he's looking for you. There's no way that God could use someone like me. Absolutely, he can use someone just like you because he created you in his image. He created you in his likeness. He created you with his essence in your being. And God is calling you to be true to who you are. Not to who you are in this flesh, but to who you are in him. And you're true to who you are in him when you open your heart and open your mouth and open your and, and open your mind and open your will to, to receiving the answer to the prayer. Lord, show me the truth. I'm seeking you and the truth in you. Because as I come to understand the truth in you, I'll come to realize that indeed the hope of glory has found Jesus Christ in you. And as we're true to the realization of who we are in God through Christ, as we're true to the realization and the benefits that come from tapping into that essence and taking that essence and transposing that essence from the outside. Like in the days of the Old Testament, when the priest was needed to go before God on our behalf to the inside, well, we can have access to God ourselves and the Holy Spirit can guide us just as he guided Jesus Christ. We then can realize the magnitude of what's going on. We can understand then that we're true to this thing that is worship. We're not just doing this thing that's worship. We're true to this thing that is worship because God is seeking those who desire to worship him in spirit and in truth. And as we worship him in spirit and in truth, we'll offer him some sincere worship in this critical season. And that's needed because the stakes now more than ever before are eternal. Amen. So often what we do is we get caught up in what I call the microwave mindset. And what the microwave mindset is, beloved, is it it's a mindset that makes you think that everything that you need, I'm supposed to get it right now. God, I'm supposed to have this man or this woman right now. God, I'm supposed to have my seven figure income right now. God, I'm supposed to have the house of my dreams, the car of my dreams, the everything of my dreams right now. God is here to let you know through the vessel he's chosen for this moment that the right now proposition only applies to worship because God is looking for us to worship him right now because he's a right now God that's active in our lives right now. He's moving in our lives right now. His desire is to make a difference in our lives right now. You don't believe me? Look at what it says in verse 24. It says that God is spirit. Not God was spirit. Not God will be spirit. Not God is in the process of becoming spirit. God is spirit. The word spirit is from the Greek word pneuma. Pneuma means breath. So what God is the breath 
that brings about the change in our lives. God is that breath of fresh air, that breath of anointed air, that breath of blessed air, that breath of supernaturally rare air that's needed to bring about the, the yoke removing and burden destroying power of God that incites the change needed to make us new creatures in Christ. Jesus here is letting us know that more than ever before, we got to understand that we got to be true to this thing because what we're doing and being true to this thing is not gaining reward right here, right now. What we're doing when we are true to this thing in worship, that is worship and true to this thing called ministry is investing in our eternal future. We're investing in our eternal future by being what God created us to be, by being fishers of men, by being fishers of one another. In the, in the Garden of Eden, it says in the word of God that we're to be fruitful and to multiply. If you look at math, beloved, how does multiplication take place? What's needed for multiplication to take place are numbers because they create and expand after their own kind. But what's happened is so many of us that profess the name of Jesus Christ are looking for the right now proposition. Are looking for the microwave way to get to the end so that we can get in the presence of God. I'm here to let you know there is no microwave way. The way that we do it is by doing it the way the word says that we do it. To go into all the world and make disciples. That means that we've got to go out and do the work of ministry. And invest our time and invest our talent and invest our treasure and invest ourselves in doing the work of ministry, taking the gifts that God has given to each and every one of us and stirring them up every day. It might not mean that we stand in a great palace or cathedral. It might not mean that we stand behind a single pulpit in our lives. It might not mean that we pass a single uh, offering tray or communion cup. But if I can give the gospel to somebody and I can make a life changing impact in somebody's life and I can win a soul for the kingdom, it doesn't matter matter how many letters I have at the end of my name, the word says that he that wins a soul is wise. That's the wisdom I'm looking for, church. That's the wisdom that we should be looking for in this hour. More than ever, ever before, what God is looking for in each and every one of us are men and women that are committed to being true to worship, being true to understanding that God, you're worth everything to me, being true to realizing the value of what happened six hours one Friday, being true to understanding the blessing that came about on Sunday morning when the stone was rolled away, being true to tapping into the power that's been put in us through the Holy Spirit, not for our benefit, but for God's benefit, benefited not for our glory, but for God's glory, that he might be glorified. Because as we tap into those things and do it God's way, then we dream. God is calling us and looking for us more than ever before, church, to do this thing the word way. And as we look at how God desires to move in this series, God is wanting us more than ever before to get on our job and doing this thing God's way. Because God is coming back, whether we're ready or not. God is coming back, whether you believe it or not. God is coming back, and he's coming back sooner than many of us think, and sooner than many of us want to reconcile in our minds and our hearts. But I'm here to let you know that as long as we have breath in our bodies, as long as our hearts are still beating, 
As long as our minds are still able to comprehend what's happening, we can rest assured that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And as sure as Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forevermore, heaven and earth will pass away before one jot or tittle of his word will come back void. And if his word will not come back void, that means the work that I do in ministry for him will not come back void. So I'm going to be true to this thing. I'm not just going to go through the motions and do it. Because as sure as I'm true to this thing, God will be true to what, he's, what his word says. Because the word says that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That has to be because God is looking for true worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I'm here to let you know he's looking for true worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth because he has a place prepared for those of us. That understand who we are. He has a place prepared for us in heaven. Where we can worship him. Without ceasing. Where we can sit at the feet of Jesus. And be, be fed and be edified. Where there's no more death. There's no more dying. There's no more violence. There's no more sickness. There's no more disease. There's no more divorce. There's no more strife. That's where God wants us to be. But we got to be ready to do it. You're not going to take somebody that's never played an organized sport and put them at the highest levels of competition in that sport. They won't be able to handle it. Never mind the fact that they won't physically be able to do it. They mentally won't be able to handle the magnitude of all that takes place to prepare for that event. God is preparing you and our church for that grand and glorious time. But we got to be willing to put in the time and put in the work necessary to be ready. Salvation is not a works based proposition. That's not what this message is about. This message is about understanding the role that worship plays. In our walk and in our witness for Christ, because worship is letting God know that he's worth everything to us. And if he's worth everything to us, we're going to give him all that we have. Because it belongs to him anyway. So let God be God. In your life today, beloved. Allow God to move like never before. Be true to the worship that you offer to God daily. Don't just go through the motions and do it, but be true to it. Lead with your heart and not with your hands. And watch God move in ways that you've never seen before. In your life. Amen. I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. If you've never taken the opportunity to do either one of those things. Won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin I ask you into my heart and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, 
that by faith I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please email me and let me know of your experience or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is livingtowitness at gmail.com. That's living, the number two, witness at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Pastor Derek Thomas encouraging you to live your life as a living witness.